Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. You know, I have been guesting on quite a few other podcasts lately. It seems like there's a lot of people out there that are wanting to know about boundaries and how do you know when you have boundary issues and what do I do about that? And I'm really excited about what is coming down the pike with that. Right now it's uh, under construction, like I've explained before. But when we finish with all the construction, it's going to be really, really cool. There's going to be a quiz on an updated website where people can take the quiz and find out if they may have a boundary issue in their life. I'm going to have uh, courses online that, that you can take if you want to learn more about boundaries in your life and how to establish them. But anyway, I say all that to say with all the guesting that I've been doing on other people's podcasts, I'm listening to their intros and some of them sound like, you know, like it's the beginning of a game show. I mean, they're really jazzy and energetic and loud. (laughs) And I'm thinking maybe I need to be doing that. And then I thought, nah, (laughs) that's just not who I am. However, I might launch into some kind of British or Australian accent just on a whim sometimes. So if I do, don't be surprised by that. <laughs> oh. So today I'm going to do a podcast that actually my youngest son, my youngest child, told me I needed to do this. He was talking to me one day and he was rather frustrated He said, you know, I'm out there and and guys are out there trying to, you know, we shoot our shots. We figure out how to approach women, how to approach girls. And, you know, we, we're risking rejection on a regular basis. And, and I've seen him do it because he's somebody that he would rather be rejected than feel like he could have gotten what he wanted if he'd only asked. And um, so there's pros and cons either way, truth be told. But that's just kind of his personality. But he was just really on a rant one morning. And he was like, how come you women don't shoot your shot? He said, that's what you need to do a podcast about. Why aren't the girls, why aren't the ladies out there shooting their shots? why do us guys feel like that we're the ones that have the burden of always having to do that? Why aren't the women shooting their shots? I thought, huh, well, that might be an interesting podcast episode to do because I thought he had a a pretty valid point. Now, I will have to say that I am somewhat of an anomaly in this particular category because I do tend to shoot my shot. Actually, I shot my shot, if that's how you say it, (laughs) when I was 15 uh, with my now husband. We've been together for, well, we've been married for over 33 years, but we were together 
around six or seven years before we got married. So it's been a minute. And uh, it was back in the day when you had those uh, school pictures that would come and then you would write little messages on the back and pass them out to your friends and this type of thing. And so I had one and he happened to be in one of my classes in high school. And I, I wrote on the back, I think it was something like, I think you're pretty cute. Maybe we can go out sometime. And I gave it to him. I don't remember thinking about what he may or may not do in response to that message. I just wrote it and the rest is history. (laughs) So it doesn't always work out that way, but I personally do tend to err on the side of shooting the shot and, you know, the results be damned kind of thing. But I also know that there are a lot of people out there who have been rejected so much or uh, have difficulties with confidence and these, these types of things that, that that is just, the thought of that is just overwhelming. It's just causes too much pain. They just cannot tolerate it. And I, being a psychotherapist, I hear people's stories all the time and totally understand why somebody would not want to do that. So I got to thinking, you know, why are we as a gender? Okay. Why are we hanging back instead of going after who or what we want. Because although this episode does tend to generally focus on romantic interests, it really could easily be rather extrapolated to a pursuance of a job or a position of some sort or a career um, or money or power or control of some sort or peace anything that you're wanting that it's either, okay, do I pursue this? Is there something I can do to pursue this? Or am I going to wait around for it to just fall in my lap or for someone else to provide it for me? If they feel like it, if they don't want it themselves, they might give me some scraps. I don't know. There's any number of situations that could apply to this. So I decided to think about it a little bit more. And I also decided to reach out to some of my friends, some of the women that I know about their thoughts on why we as a gender, we women as a gender do not tend to shoot our shot. And the consensus seemed to be, now there were a few outlying answers, but the consensus seemed to be fear of rejection, which is exactly the same thing my youngest was talking about. Basically, we're afraid that if we expose our feelings to a guy or a girl, whatever your orientation, that we're going to get rejected. You could put it out there and they could totally ignore you. You could act like you didn't even do anything at all or they could look at you with this look of disdain. Like, how could you dare to think that I would lower myself to go out on a date with you? (laughs) Or uh, what? We could approach someone and, I mean, let's just face it. Let's just kind of lean into this. Uh, Somebody could just laugh in our face. If we put it out there and, and they heard our 
our suggestion. They, they heard our desire to go out with them and then they just laugh out loud. Well, that would be embarrassing, wouldn't it? And yeah, that would hurt. They might, you know, do that and or they might tell other people. Now, this is something, generally speaking, that younger people do, like in high school, some in college, but you do have adults that are immature. Technically, they are adults, but emotionally, they are about in eighth grade. You know those people. We all know those kinds of individuals. And so it might be somebody like that, that, you know, you approach and then they decide they're going to run around and tell everybody, oh, so-and-so asked me out on a date. Can you imagine? Can you believe that she thought I would actually go out on a date with her? Ha, 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 ha. Okay, let's just face all of that. So what do we, what do, we do about that? Because all of those examples, whether you're being totally ignored, like being ghosted or you catch that look of disdain or someone laughs out loud in your face or they run around and tell everybody that you reached out and thought that you were worthy of a date with them. All of those examples just sound heinous. But we have to face these things. What are we going to do? Just like crawl in a hole? Let's just list them out, list all the things, not only the things that I've just listed, but you as you're listening, bring to mind especially as a female, bring to mind whatever it is that you think is going to happen, whatever it is that you're scared of, what's holding you back from shooting your shot in approaching a guy that you might want to consider developing a romantic interest in. Bring it to mind in all its uh, detail and all its glory. Pull it to mind. It might be one of the examples I just gave, or you might come up with others. I'm sure there's a lot more. Just bring it to mind. It might be something that you've already experienced yourself and you're not eager to experience it again, which is totally understandable. However, the question is, what do we want to do about that? So you might have heard that along the way, I've earned this moniker, the queen of boundaries. (laughs) And one of the reasons... I believe that that's where we have to start is because in order to grow and strengthen, we have to figure out what belongs to us and what does not. Because until you know that, where are you going to go? If you're not owning something that belongs to you, then that's a problem. For example, if you, if you're not owning your behavior, if you don't have agency, meaning you don't feel like you can ask someone something or approach someone, that's your behavior. You have a right to that. That's on the one side. On the other side is sometimes we're owning things that do not belong to us. And that would be how someone else receives what you say, how they respond to what you say. Although those things may be hurtful at times, they don't belong to us. In this scenario of of fear of rejection, it's basically preventing us women from approaching potential partners. So let's just unpack this a little bit. 
So let's see, number one, I've just randomly thought of five things. Number one, the guy cannot read our minds. So if you're sitting there thinking he's just going to figure out by your body language that you are interested in him, now that may work. You may be exceptionally adept at body language and or he might just be exceptionally sensitive to body language, but that's not always the case. Sometimes us women are flirting just crazy and the guy is just not getting it. So at some point we have to realize they cannot read our mind. You can try to convey something with body language and if that works, that's super, that's wonderful. But if it doesn't, are we just going to assume that they just don't know we're interested because they're not picking up on our body language? That's just really not fair to the guy, to be honest, or to ourselves by extension. Because what if the guy happens to be preoccupied with something? Maybe there's something crazy going on in his life and his mind is just really grinding on that thing and he's looking in your direction, but he's not really processing all of your various body language messages because he's just preoccupied with this other stuff. So don't assume that simply because a guy isn't responding to your body language that he's not interested. He may not be, okay, or he may be, but at the end of the day, you have a responsibility to put your desires, to put your interests into words and communicate those because other people are not responsible for reading your mind. Number two, as I mentioned earlier, how the other person responds to you, how the guy responds to you has nothing to do with you. Now, we only know how they responded, not why. And kind of like an example that I mentioned earlier about someone not being particularly sensitive to body language. Here's another example. You know, the guy may have social anxiety or he might be in some contentious custody battle or he might be fresh out of a terrible relationship. The point is we don't know what is behind how they respond at that particular moment. Let's say hypothetically that you attach words to your interest in a guy and you, you say, Hey, you know, you want to grab a coffee sometime? I'd like to get to know you better. And let's say he just doesn't say anything or he walks away or if it's through text or, you know, whatever, he doesn't respond back. All you know is that he didn't respond. Or he might even responded with some kind of, I don't know, something rude, like no, or something like that. Yes, that might be hurtful. And you know what he did, but you really don't know why. So at that point, at least you know, you put it out there. You know unequivocally that he knows that you're interested. Now what he does with that, you don't have any control over that, but you've done your part. Number three, yes, rejection does sting, okay? Like the examples I gave earlier in the podcast about if you approach someone and they totally ignored you, they just looked at you and then just walked away like you didn't say anything. Well, that's demeaning, makes you feel like you're not really a person. 
like what your words, what you were saying didn't even warrant a response. But again, you don't know why they walked away. You're making a lot of drawing, a lot of conclusions. And what's involved in that is called projection. When we think we know why someone is responding the way that they do. And we put that, we push that basically in their head. And we say, that's why they're doing this. When we frankly don't know. But back to the point of rejection, yes, it does sting. If somebody ignores you, if somebody gives you that look of disdain, like, I can't believe that you think I might be interested in you. Well, and again, that's projection because you're just seeing a look on their face that you're interpreting as disdain. And then you're projecting into their mind what they're actually saying in their head. So be aware of that. Or if they laugh in your face. I mean, let's just be honest and say, if we're going to shoot our shots, sometimes we're going to be rejected. Guys face this all the time. Okay. So in this era of female empowerment, of us females wanting to come into our own and be powerful, then we have to shoot our shot and we have to learn how to deal and, and manage rejection because it's going to happen. So yes, rejection does sting. If somebody laughs in your face or they walk around telling people that you asked them out and you can't believe they did that, yes, that's going to sting, okay? But you know what? So what? Yes, I said that. I said, so what? It stings. Yes, it does. And ouch. Go home, lick your wounds for a while, move on. Because the discomfort you're feeling, it fades away. Several weeks later, even the next day, even the next week, it's not going to hurt as bad as it did when it happened. And yes, if you have to be around that person later, it's going to be awkward. But even that's going to fade. It fades. So yes, rejection does sting. Mm -hmm. And you move on. It fades away. You can either live your life running from fear. If you're going to do that, if you're just going to live your whole life running from anything that makes you uncomfortable, you might as well live in a cave, right? That doesn't sound like any kind of life to me. So number four, we may need to reevaluate our group. And I have that in air quotes, which you can't see that I'm doing. (laughs) Like, for example... If I was not married and I approached Brad Pitt, I would fully expect to be rejected. (laughs) I mean, let's be realistic, people. All right. Likewise, your typical Joe Blow on the street is not going to be going out on any dates with Victoria's Secrets models. It just doesn't really happen like that. So... I'm just saying, let's get our expectations in line. We might need to reevaluate the group of guys that we are pursuing. If you're just an average person working an average job in an average town and you're trying to get a date with a NFL football player, then that might be a problem. I mean, hey, shoot your shot, but (laughs) just keep your expectations, you know, within normal limits, because 
if you're expecting to be received in those situations and you're not, and you feel rejected, then that's going to be more pain than you need to feel. Adjusting our expectations is very important in a lot of situations. But right now we're just talking about shooting our shot with, with guys. So again, not that you can't shoot your shot with anybody. All right. But just make sure your expectations are within normal limits. Like I said, if I shot my shot with Brad Pitt, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't, if I was single or whatever, and I was in a situation, I might do it for what the hell, why not? What have I got to lose? I'm not going to lose anything. If he rejects me, I haven't lost anything. You see, so you can still shoot your shot, but keep your expectations within normal limits because that's going to have an impact on how much you're hurting afterwards. The last thing I thought of is we have to believe in our own value because other people generally reflect back how we carry ourselves. And if you are having trouble knowing your worth, then maybe you might want to work with a psychotherapist for a while and figure that out. I see people like that quite frequently where my view of them is pretty stellar. I think they're an amazing person, but they don't seem to see that. And this is not unusual with folks who have been raised in a situation where they were not given a lot of positive feedback. And maybe they also were rather judged and criticized and called names and this kind of thing. Maybe they were like a, one of those swans that started out like an ugly duckling. And by the time they turn into a swan, you see, they already had the ugly duckling mentality in their head. So you have to be able to acknowledge your own value. Know what you're bringing to the table. Know that it's, it's a lot and it has value. You're the one that has to know that. So stop waiting around for someone else to tell you that. There's nobody else on this planet that knows you as well as you know yourself. They don't have some kind of secret special knowledge into you that you don't have. You're the one that needs to know what you're worth. And when you know what you're worth, it changes your body language. It changes what chances that you're willing to take or not. And if you happen to be one of the many who have trouble finding their worth, who have trouble feeling confident, who have trouble accepting their own weaknesses, who don't feel comfortable in their own skin, first of all, you are in a group of a very large number of people. Second of all, you don't have to stay like that. If you haven't been able to figure out how to own your own worth, to accept your own mistakes, to be comfortable in your own skin, then like I said, seek out a therapist, spend some time with a therapist and shed that old, those old messages that don't apply. Challenge those things, let them go, find your value. Because if you don't think very much of yourself, other people aren't going to either. It's not their job. That's your job. And I consider that a good thing because if it's your job, if it's your responsibility, again, if it's in your yard, then you get to do something about it. And I consider that very good news. So I would really ask you guys to take this episode and post it on your favorite social media site 
with an example. Now, this is going to be, it's a challenge, with an example of how you faced your fears and took your shot, even if it didn't turn out the way that you envisioned it, and maybe especially if it didn't turn out the way you envisioned it, positive or negative, post it. Because we've got to face our fears. We've got to lean into them, process them, which is what I've tried to help you do today in this episode. Move past them, move past the fears. Otherwise, they will continue to control our choices. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Like I said, please, even though my own social media sites and my websites are currently in a state of of construction. So overlook that, but maybe your sites are up and going. Put this, post this on your favorite social media sites, send it, copy and paste the link, send it to your friends, your family, your coworkers, people that you know who could benefit from hearing this message, put it on, send it through email, send it through text, just get the message out there so we can grow our Phoenix and Flame community. I am hoping you are having a wonderful day. This is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.